Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, joined with my co-host, Father David Tickerhoof. Before we get into today's podcast on how to suffer, I want to direct you towards our books, Father David's book, Evangelizing Catholic Culture, and my book's More Than Words, The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma, and Fearless Abundant Life Through Infinite Love. Also, if you're interested in parish healing missions, human and spiritual integration workshops, coaching, or trauma therapy, please visit sacredhearthealingministries.com. If you have an idea, a topic for that you would like to hear as a podcast, please shoot us a, a message on sacredhearthealingministries.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So today we're going to talk about how to suffer. Father David, Ooh. welcome. It's so great to have you here. <clears throat> this is a big topic. It is a big topic. It's very current and it's very consistently always with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It never right. goes away. <laughs> no, it's the nature of this life. This is every day has trouble enough of its own, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's something we hear a lot about as Catholics, you know, the redemptive power of suffering. And, but, you know, I can honestly say I've never heard a talk on how to suffer. Yeah. You know? We hear like suffering well, we know that that's a, that's a value, right? But what does that even mean? What does that look like? How to, you know, step one, yeah. step two, like, right. How are we supposed to do this? What yeah. are the, what are the ways we do this other than, oh, okay, well, if I was a saint, I would, you know, I would do it somehow. It would just automatically be available to me. So um, so yeah, so, so we, you know, talking about maybe something to make the distinction between is difference in just being in pain or suffering. Yeah. Let, let's, uh, let me give that, that quick example yeah. with the person that was dying and I was sure. in the room with him and, uh, he said to me, it was, in the, it was a fellow priest, a fellow Franciscan. He said to me, he said, you know, <clears throat> he said, I know I'm dying. He said, and I'm not afraid to die. He says, what I'm afraid of is experiencing the pain that it's that I'm going to ex experience when I, when I'm dying. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that's a, that's quite a distinction there, you know? So yeah. we can, we can start with that, you know, because that's the issue. What's the difference between one of the issues between pain and suffering and dying and what's going on here, you know? Right. Right. And we'll say there's a value to suffering, but there's not necessarily a value just to pain. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I would say the, the, the distinction is looking up the definition of suffering is it's kind of more of like the way we approach the pain, the way yeah. we endure it, the way respond so, to pain. Right. Our response, our response. Yeah. And so I think there are a lot of notions that, that we get, you know, kind of taught about as we, especially more if we go to mass more regularly and daily mass as we just encounter the scriptures and um, 
and homilies and that sort of thing, you know, not to grumble, you know, yeah. not to become impatient. We have all the not tos. Yes. Now, what about the how tos or the what tos, you know, what to do, <clears throat> just the what not to do. It's, nature abhors a vacuum. So if we just like, don't do this and don't do that and don't do this, well, then what, what do we do? You know? Yeah. Right. Kind of begs that question. Don't be grumpy. Don't take it out on your neighbor. Don't kick the dog, you know? Yeah. Right? Don't become impatient. Um, yeah. Don't, don't look to self-medicate the pain in some kind of way. Right. That's so right. there's, there's a lot of what not to do. So let's talk. That, about that's that. an, that's an interesting area there. We don't have to talk about it right now, but that whole business of self-medicating, and what happens is we usually end up disconnecting from ourselves and from the Lord when we start getting into intense and uh, continual self-medicating, you know, right, drinking, right. alcohol, sexuality, yeah. things, you know, that's, yeah. that's not good. Yeah, there's so many different things. I mean, and it's interesting, you know, uh, I know somebody who's addicted to reading and, and, their, and their reading habit became so inter so much interfered with their marriage it it destroyed their marriage reading yeah. something as simple as reading you know the same can happen with exercise so it's not no necessarily a matter of what we're doing it's the lack of freedom in it and it's the doing this instead of that right it's right. that becomes like unhealthy um way that we that we begin to use it and it begins to distract us from mm -hmm. from reality and from health so you know um this is something I've I've been considering lately, um, and this is, you know, I guess this should be a caveat here. This does not mean, as you know, that I suffer well. <laughs> so there's always the there's always the danger. Remember in the book, um, the problem of pain by C.S. Lewis in the the front is like the prologue or the introduction or something. He says um, he's he's saying the same thing of himself. Like I'm not writing this book book on suffering, saying that I suffer well. He says. It can never be said of me, he who jests at a scar, who never felt a wound. He's like, yeah. this is not, that is not me. And it's the same applies to me in this. You know, I don't suffer well. I'm a big baby. I'm even now just struggling, getting over a cold. And I can have a cold and feel like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like yeah. I'm a big, big, yeah, big baby. I'm not a fan of we suffering. Can quickly, uh, we can quickly, uh, complain about it and then we can quickly go to the medicine cabinet and take some tylenol <laughs> yeah tylenol <laughs> robitussin cough drop i'll take whatever you got like you know <clears throat> as long as it's not illegal immoral unethical let's do it so so yeah so this is not that's the caveat it's not to say that i suffer well and yet i've had enough experience of suffering at least i know what the ideal <laughs> is and i think there's you know it's like looking at the the bases in in baseball you know if you're standing at home plate and you don't know when the ball comes at you if you hit it where you're supposed to run to you could end up running all around the outfield even up in the bleachers you could run around the dugout and you're gonna you're gonna be lost regardless right? yeah you run out to the pitcher's mound and do a dance or throw yourself down or whatever none of that's going to get you to first base you know yeah. So there's, there's something to laying out what the ideal is that at least, even if we're not doing it perfectly, even if our cleat breaks on the way, or we run outside the baselines a bit, at least we're heading in the right direction and it's easier for the Holy Spirit to get us, keep us on the straight and narrow or get us yeah. back on, on track. So, yeah. So, so, you know, I kind of have these, these steps laid out here. I'll just throw out the first one. Maybe we can talk about it. 
Yeah, why don't um, you lay them out and we'll see where they go. Yeah, so the first, what I see is the first ideal when when they're suffering, right, is acknowledging it, right? Acknowledge yeah. the difficulty, acknowledge the frustration, acknowledge the the suffering, acknowledge it. If we don't acknowledge it, what can happen is we can repress that, we can stuff it to such an extent that then the emotions that go along with it will come out, come out sideways as a friend of mine. What do we say? Sister Mary Ann, you know, yeah. she always say it comes out sideways, right? So if we stuff something, it comes out sideways. Right? Um, so it's, so it, it's important to acknowledge the difficulty and frustration. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge the truth, it. Of, it. The truth What's of it. What's going on? This hurts, you know, <clears throat> there was no point in the agony in the garden where yeah. Jesus was going, this isn't really going to be a big deal. And I know I'm going to rise in three days anyway, <laughs> you know, even though he knew that he knew the end of the story, like he still sweat blood. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's being absolutely completely and totally like real with the situation. This hurts. This is, this is a frustration. This is deeply agonizing to me. And, and I think that if, when we don't do that, it can cause all kinds of problems. Yeah, we repress those things. And so then that emotion just just comes out all over the place in a way that um, in some ways it's like we lose the steering wheel, you know, because we've we've taken our hands off it. Now it takes on a life of its own anger, frustration, impatience or, or whatever. And we don't even really know what's driving us, you know, because emotion is is um, well, the Latin of the word emotion comes from e to move from or away from motare to to move and so it moves us from or away from something or even towards something that's what emotion does it's this energy behind action you know it motivates right motivates moves us yeah and energy if we just behind action so i like that and we just stuff it then now we have all this energy that's like this kind of frenetic energy and it's kind of frantic mm -hmm. or it can be you know angering or whatever so we first have to be open with ourselves, true, honest, acknowledge the difficulty and the frustration. Right. The second, the second ideal is I see it would be consider how the Lord has experienced the same kind of frustrations, right? The same kind yeah. or greater, right? And yet scripture tells us no servant is greater than his master. Yeah. Right. So and why would we expect just, that? It's just working be with different. his disciples from the beginning until they matured and they didn't even mature by the time of his death. I mean, they, they caused him a lot of problems, you know, and made mistakes all over the place. And it was uncomfortable for Jesus. They fought among themselves and occasionally because of who's the best and the ego's getting and uh, it's, I'm being left out of the picture and, and the mother coming and saying <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. two sons, you know, can my two sons right. on your right what and about left? my boys <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and jesus just makes it really clear that's not mine to give that it belongs to the father who says is it my right and my left right. go ahead right. keep moving yeah so consider how the lord's experienced the same or greater certainly in terms of you know being a sign of contradiction and certainly in terms of being denied being betrayed being tortured put to death right so um no servant's greater than his master. So, so consider how the Lord's experienced the same. Then once we've done that, then uniting our suffering to his, uniting yeah. that pain, that difficulty, that situation to his 
suffering, right? Hey, let me tell you right now, in the spiritual atmosphere of the church and the church in the world, that's not a big, that's kind of been pushed off the table. And that's a very important thing, uniting our sufferings with the sufferings of Jesus. Keep moving on that one. That's, that's good. Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, you, you address that notion a good deal in evangelizing Catholic culture, that notion of atonement, right? So it's that being at one with the Lord in his suffering, that it's led that whatever the difficulty of the situation has led us to consider, you know, whatever our difficulty or suffering has led us to consider about his difficulty and suffering now have a greater insight into the Lord's experience of being denied or being betrayed. Right. Or, or physical suffering or being rejection, you know, being rejected or that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now that's given me an insight into his pain and yet i i know that i'm dear to him that of all the potential people he could have created he he created me and he knows me (laughs) intimately and so so he already knows he doesn't have to like "Mm, take on how's margaret experiencing this difficulty he knows it's profoundly apparent to him and he's and present to him and so i'm becoming present to he who is present to me and in that sharing of that insight into each other's pain. Now there's a, there's a unity in that. There's a union in that that's available. Right. So, so uniting our suffering to his as an atonement being at one with him, who is one at one with us um, and reparation. Right. So um, it's some sort of sacrifice to in some way kind of try to make up for yeah. Or what he's been I mean, just, just that one example, for example, when Jesus was doing good, look at all the good that he did. How many did he heal and transform? And I'm thinking of that story where they went down to the Decapolis. They crossed the Lake uh, Lake Galilee. It's a Greek section on the other, other side of Lake Galilee. There's little towns. And the guy was in the tombs and he was doing all kinds of things. And he mm. was beating up on people. And, uh, and so Jesus is, uh, uh, casts him out. And uh, the townspeople, when they heard the story, they were so fearful of that situation, and that and and that the solution to that is casting out that, that those spirit spirits, because there was a number of them according to the scriptures. Then what happens is they tell Jesus to leave, to go, get out of the picture. You're too much for us. We can't handle that. So here he is doing a tremendous good for the people, and. They reject him. That's suffering. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And how many times? I mean, I think I think it's easier. That's a good point, you know, because I think it's easier for us to understand, um, you know, maybe put up with or whatever, like suffering when it comes uh, because we did something we shouldn't have done. We did something. Um, yeah, we, we send. Right. And so, mm-hmm. OK, this was the repercussion. Think it's a lot harder for us to deal with it when suffering comes because we're doing good <laughs> yeah right because we're trying to um help someone because we're trying to further the kingdom because yeah. we're you know and when that suffering or those blocks or that rejection comes then it's like how does this even make sense lord yeah. like how does this even make sense this is such a good idea and it could help so many people and that kind of thing right so, so yeah, so exactly. 
boy, he certainly knows <laughs> what it's like to suffer because of doing good, right? Yeah. So we know that we have a great high priest who who's gone through whatever we've gone through. Um, and so then when I'm uniting my suffering to his being present to he who is present to me, then I think this is a separate step. I mean, it's to me, it's the natural conclusion of that, but I think it's a separate step because I don't think we can rush past it or assume it. And that's experiencing that intimacy, right? Experience that intimacy of, you know, if, if at atonement is at one meant being oh. at one with him, who's at one with me, then yeah. what comes next is intimacy also gets, I've heard it broken apart as into me see, you know, yeah. and if we're at one with the lover, who's at one with the beloved, then we're seeing into each other. Yeah. Right? That's. And so, and so in that intimacy, the pain is there. And you feel the pain and the yeah. suffering. But then when the pain goes away, what's left? The love. love. Yeah, the absolutely. Love. Yeah. Union of love. Yeah. Atoning love. You know, it's and I, I like that. Beautiful, huh? Yeah, I like that you broke that down because there was a point, remember, where I used to feel like if I was suffering well, it wouldn't be suffering. Do you know what I mean? If I was suffering well, then somehow it wouldn't hurt. Or it wouldn't be difficult. Oh, that's not good. No, that's not good because it's like it, it's it's working too hard, man. It's yeah. working too hard. Yeah. If you're trying to suffer so well that it that the suffering's not there anymore, like you're putting too much pressure on yourself. Right. You it's become like God, you become God yourself than trying to get the suffering. <laughs> well, you become super frustrated because it's not yeah, possible. That's for sure. <laughs> right. But, it reminds yeah. me of um, I was doing contract work at an inner city school in Akron for a while. And the kids, if I was trying to do trauma work with them, a lot of times they'd say, you know, I don't, I don't want to. And I'd say, Oh, you, you don't have to. And they'd be like, Oh, okay. Okay. And I'd say, wait, we still have to do the work. You don't have to want to, if you're waiting to want to, you're working too hard. You don't have to want to just do it. <laughs> like, let's just yeah. do it. Right. It's the same with the, the, the suffering. You don't have to make the difficulty of it go away. That's, that's not, you know, because it's because the suffering still hurts, because the pain still hurts. Yeah, that's. It doesn't that's mean it. you're doing it poorly. Yeah, right? that's that not a failure. Because then, if we if we take that as like that means I'm doing it poorly, then what it would do to me, then I would feel like a failure. I'm already suffering, and now I feel like a failure at suffering. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now it's just so it kind of takes the life of its own, right? Then <laughs> just exacerbates the yeah. situation. Yeah. So experiencing that intimacy with the Lord. We can't rush past that because that's, I mean, I, I, I gave my testimony just recently at a Magnificat breakfast. And that was my main point of, of the whole testimony was everything is an occasion for intimacy with the Lord. Everything. He can transform all of it. That's just how all the failures, all the things is. that don't happen, uh, yeah. rejections we might feel yeah. the loneliness we experience in life and, the unsettledness yeah. that comes about through failed objectives, all that, yeah. all that pain, even abuse. Yeah. Like, yeah, all of it. So it, we have it to... really, in a sense, goes from something that's debilitating to something that is transforming. Right. And then yeah. the create, the person is created anew in that area. And the gift is the Lord's compassionate love, which brings about the freedom of moving through that in a way that we're connected to the Lord and have union with the Lord. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because I believe it's it's not enough to see that, you know, that Jesus has victory over sin and death. We know that that becomes like much, much more um, conceivable and believable when we know he has victory over my sin and over my yeah. death. Right. That's when right. it becomes it's that that yeah. personal aspect of it. So we experience that intimacy with the Lord. And so then then what do we do? Then then step five is then we do whatever we have to do. Right. Whatever the suffering is, whatever the pushing ahead is, whatever the next step is. Yeah. Um, the good which we're is, supposed to be doing. And right. This, and to do it. Right. Yeah. We're able to do that out mm -hmm. of the power of that intimacy, knowing that we're not alone because we have that intimacy with him, that he'll never leave us orphans, that he's with us always until the end of time. Right. And so now we're moved from instead of that isolating experience of feeling the frustration and the difficulty removed out of that isolation into intimacy and yeah. then through that intimacy into the power of um, the power of the Holy spirit and the power of operating now, not on my own anymore, but now the Lord's been brought into yeah. this in a deeper way. Beautiful. It's a mystery of suffering. It's yeah, a mystery. I think it's the, but it's beautiful because then it's, it's, able to... it's, 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 it's a, a rational understanding of something that we would normally try to get rid of. But when we embrace it and submit to it, there's a transforming grace that comes from the work of the Holy Spirit, which we call love, yeah. union, yeah. oneness, and then joy. Yeah. And, and that's how that, that's how it's the, the suffering to the death, the death of, of me and and um into the the resurrection into the new life right into yeah. the transforming power and in that way that cross it's not yes his cross in a timeless eternal way has that transforming power but even those those many crosses that yeah. have that same transforming power when when we we take them to him and unite to him and them right? yeah let me give a, an example of this right in this area and yeah you may have some comments Please. on it in, in francis of assisi in his er, early conversion when he started to learn to pray he and a friend would go up into the caves a mile above assisi there and in, in italy and he, they would he would pray and the, his friend would get tired and he'd go out and sit down and you know but francis would keep on so one day they were praying for, for about five or six hours. This is Bonaventure uh, has this in his uh, life of the uh, life of Christ, the major life, you know, and the life of Francis, the major life. So he prays, he's praying and he was, he was so praying. And what happens? He, he, he has the experience of the Jesus life-sized on the cross. Mm -hmm. And what does it say? What does Bonaventure say? He says, when he saw that, what happened was, that suffering of Jesus on the cross, uh, compassion and love pierced his soul, pierced the very center of Francis, pierced him. And thereafter, he experienced that compassionate love. And when he would think of, of Jesus on the cross or the suffering of Jesus, 
he would start to cry. He was so transformed by this, the compassion and the love that he experienced from that apparition. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. it's amazing. It's hard, it's, hard, it's hard, beautiful. because we, na naturally we tend to avoid suffering. I mean, we do a lot of things to avoid suffering. I mean, even when we, you know, and when we can't help it, sometimes we don't do it well. But, you know, look at all the stuff we do in society to avoid, you know, the, the food, the consumptions, the the uh, pornography. Uh, you would, And I think it has to do with this notion of union and connection. Because when we when we try to get rid of the connection with Jesus and with the cross, and we go to a, we go to medicated type things or to alleviate it, or you know it can be a hundred different things, that takes that takes the spiritual power and the transforming love away from it, <clears throat> and in a sense the suffering becomes useless. But in order for it to become productive and transforming. Is is when we embrace it and surrender to it, not because of sad, becoming sadistic or we like suffering or enjoy. It. No, nobody likes it. it; doesn't feel good. But then, what happens? The transforming power of the spirit and the and the gift of Jesus in the soul brings about a union and compassion and connection with God in intimacy in a deeper way. Yeah, I think a lot of times when when pain happens, we can feel of any kind, physical, emotional, spiritual, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah. Right? But when pain happens, we can feel like it can feel like an isolating experience. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's very yes. personal. Right. So it's like, yeah. who really knows what I'm experiencing? Right. And so in that pain, that oftentimes is an, an experience on a natural level of isolation. And so when we're not made for isolation, we're made for connection. Right. And so we can tend towards the pain. It must be bad. And this isn't like that. We consciously think this out, but I think what happens is we say on some level, the, the pain must be bad because it's making me feel isolated. So make the pain go away. And it's no, the pain's not what's bad. It's the isolation is, is what's bad. Yeah. We can experience that pain. And through it, experience deep and profound intimacy with the Lord, not an experience of isolation. Yeah. But we, we have to dig into the pain, through the pain, to that experience of intimacy with the Lord. By Exactly. And that's what Paul means in his letters when he talks about the power, the wisdom, and the glory of the cross of Jesus is at the heart of our salvation. Amen. And it's at the heart of the transforming nature of God's grace that brings us to be a the kind of person we want to be, a person that embraces that, a person that has human and spiritual integration, and they step forward in a, a, a human natural maturity that's life-giving and gives grace and life to others as well. Yeah, absolutely. Death and resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. And his death and resurrection, but then through it, what did he show us? He showed us exactly how to suffer, right? And to be able to suffer in the power and the grace that, that he obtained for us. And, and that's what he did. He, he acknowledges the difficulty of the situations 
and it moves through it to uniting to the father's will right and then experiencing that intimacy with the father that then because of that he was able to to go through the torture and the torment and being crucified in a place of intimacy with the father right? yeah beautiful beautiful it, it's a hard message <laughs> but it is is so core and key to holiness and saintliness and human and spiritual maturity. Uh, it's, 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 it's right there with all of it. You never hear much about that. Though. Every, no, nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so again, just summing up these five of the positive side of this, and then I'll, well, we can contrast it with the negative. What if we don't? So the negative pattern, but the, the positive pattern, again, to sum up, acknowledge the difficulty or the frustration of the of the pain to consider how the, the lord himself has experienced the same type of suffering pain um, or even greater number three unite our suffering difficulty pain frustration to his as atonement and reparation number four experience that intimacy really take the time to be with him who's with us and and to really like stoke those fires right experience that intimacy doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be warm fuzzy feelings right for in the middle yeah. of it. it means that that um that we're able to know <laughs> to know um and then then number 5 then then we to we we still do what we have to do. We do what's required of us. We, we fulfill our duties out of the power of that intimacy. So then contrast to that would be the negative cycle, right? The negative pattern of behavior, which would be, um, first of all, in, as opposed to um, accepting, or I'm sorry, acknowledging the difficulty of the frustration, it would be denying it or repressing it, Right. Just don't right. think about it. Just don't. Mm -hmm. Just don't feel it. Just don't think about it. La 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 la. Pretend it's not there. Pretend it's not there. Yeah. Keep eating stuff the candy bars. It, stuff yeah. it. Yeah. Stuff it down, or swallow it down, or or yeah. you know, and smoke it down, or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Drug <clears throat> it down. Yeah. Drug, sex, alcohol, whatever. Yeah. Reading, exercise. I mean, anything where there's a lack of freedom. Anything where I'm doing this in order to not experience that, but deny it. Um. And then the second, the second part would be um, moving from that into kind of turning in on ourselves, right? Instead mm -hmm. of considering how the Lord has experienced the same thing, as just turning in on myself and kind right. of like nursing that wound or that grudge or kind yeah. of you know, kind of rehearsing, rehearsing and nursing. I heard yeah. this once in a talk, and I apologize, I can't. Oh, maybe it was Brennan Manning. From long time ago but it was like nursing and rehearsing and cursing and cursing you know like yeah. the wound you know turning in on ourselves and, and um, then they would get into negative states of self-pity and i'm mm -hmm. no good and i'm worthless mm -hmm. and yeah why is this happening to me i thought god would would go everybody's why against god doing me this to and, me you know right kind of yeah God's against me. Everybody's against me. Yeah, everybody's against me. The world's against me. And right. We're actually against ourselves because we've lost connection with ourselves. Right. Yep. Yeah. And then, so then we move from that into exactly that lost connection from ourselves. So we isolate, right? Yeah. Even away from ourselves. Right. Even away from ourselves, we isolate. 
And then from that, now all of a sudden we're isolated. We're not meant for isolation. We're meant for, for communion and union. And so since we are experienced isolation, we start looking for alternate, a lot of times, pseudo connection, pseudo intimacy. So that can, that can look like a, a lot of different things that can look like continue to medicate that isolation, or um, it can look like addiction of different kinds. It can look like um, sexual addiction is something that's pretty obvious in terms of pseudo intimacy. So it's, um, you know, control would be to pseudo intimacy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then number five, it perpetuates the cycle perpetuates. Now I feel that much more ashamed, that much more like a loser. So now I'm suffering that much more. And yeah. so now it's, now I'm on this spiral of needing to like now deny and suppress those feelings as well. Shut down more, right. isolate more. Right. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so so that how to suffer pain is not necessarily in and of itself a good thing. It's an, it's a neutral thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's what we do with it. That yep. that's you know, a, the that, response we give to it. That's the right. difficult situations in life, you know, right. Yeah. And then it becomes freeing because then there's an, uh, an enlightenment that takes place in the transformation where we see things differently and we see things more along the way in which the Lord in Jesus, Jesus saw things and saw the Father and saw the Father's love and saw the Father's will and saw the greater good. And so along with that perception in, in with a mental understanding goes a spiritual maturity and, and a spiritual kind of, of freedom. So spiritual freedom is the, is the result and the fruit of coming to this understanding of the power of the cross, power of suffering. Yeah. Freedom and I think joy as well. Yeah. Right. Joy. Yep. Joy. Right. Because the joy surpasses joy as more surpassing than happiness. You know, I always look at happiness as more of um it depends on the situation, you know, mm-hmm. happiness. But joy is that transcendent kind of experience. Like it can be joyful even in the midst of very difficult situations when remember hearing once um, suffering plus love equals joy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, for yeah. Somebody and then that, peace, right? Yeah. Peace, but the, 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 the peacefulness, if somebody doesn't experience that or know that, and they're looking just at the pain aspect and the external aspect, uh, suffering becomes a, a, a dominating factor to avoid in your life. But when you connect right. it to the connection of Jesus, the pierced heart of Jesus, the transforming love of that pain, and as the pain goes away, what's left is the love, the intimacy, the oneness, the affirmation, the uh, all of the things that we join Jesus then in being missionaries of uh, atonement, atonement, that oneness, that unity, that connection, that's what we're looking for. And that's, that's the fruit of it all. That's what's so beautiful yeah, about absolutely. the power of the cross. That's the, the saving features of the cross. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think peace, too, in terms of, like, as the opposite of anxiety, you know, in terms of, I think anxiety is so often connected to self-reliance. Well, if, if I'm going, oh, my gosh, what if this happens or what if that happens in some way? I'll have pain or I'll have suffering, and I must make that not happen. And what if it does happen? Now all of a sudden I'm in self-reliance, right? 
Mm -hmm. I have a lot of worries. I have a lot of anxiety. But if I know that regardless of what happens, that the Lord's going to be with me in it and I know how to remain with him in it, then what can man do against me? You know? Yeah. Now all of a sudden it doesn't matter. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like Francis, St. Francis, they they give you a bunch of food, you declare a feast, they take your food away, you fast. Like it yeah. really doesn't matter because I know how to be with the Lord in it instead of feeling isolated, turning in on myself and being left to my own devices to create some alternate sense of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So good. It's something yeah. that I think that, that we should get, we should get taught about. So, so well, <laughs> that's why we did a podcast on it. Well, in, ter- in terms but, of, uh, of relationships, uh, when that freedom factor is there, relationships really move forward in maturity and development and transformation. But when it's we when we are in the negative feature of suffering and avoid every kind of we you know, then we when we try to communicate with someone that we're close to and the communication doesn't work and the negative things build up and before you know it it's a battle. But when there's an understanding, a healthy, mature understanding of Christian suffering united to Jesus, then the human relationship changes. A beautiful love comes out through either repentance or love or understanding and walking the same walk with the person that you've committed your life to becomes a very beautiful, beautiful experience. It's, it's in a certain sense, it's right at the heart of marriage itself and of any kind of relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just thinking as we're talking, as we're talking, I'm thinking about the um, the saints, what you hear of of their lives, and just thinking of Therese, right? I'm going through my mind in terms of from the story of a soul when she started realizing that she had tuberculosis and and being with the Lord in that, and um, you know, considering his his sufferings and being united to him, and mm-hmm. and then the the intimacy. I mean, it's even what it enables empowers people to be able to mm-hmm. face death in a way where it's it's beautiful um as babsy bleasdale used to say death's nothing but a change of address you know? <laughs> and it's definitely moving up it's yeah she was a sweetheart up. wasn't she yeah. she was a lovely yeah. lady yeah death is nothing with a heavy trinidadian accent death is nothing but a change of address yeah, so, yeah. Right. But that's how it is because we know we're not alone, right? We know we're not alone. He'll, he's with us always. So it's so it becomes the task becomes to remain with him always, who is with us always, you know? Yeah. Instead of the silo off in our isolation. Yeah. So it's good stuff, Father. It's good stuff. Good. You know, it's I think it's very fitting for, for Lent, you know, as we approach holy begin to approach Holy Week, you know, and yeah. that kind of thing. Like how do how did the Lord suffer considering not just his sufferings, but how he suffered the manner in which he approached them because then that becomes our example, you know, becomes the standard for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because it suffering's going to come. That's kind of the only guarantee I think we yeah. have in life, you know? So how do we, what's the, the pain's going to come? What's the manner in which we, we respond to it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And trusting in as we make these as much as we can on our, you know, 
like these are our ideals, our goals, what we're we're consciously and volitionally like moving towards. We trust that his grace is there, which yeah. which then becomes really the that's really the power for it all. Yeah. It's good stuff. Thank you so much for this conversation today. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was really, uh, it fits right into the whole notion of uh, uh, Lent and moving towards Holy Week, but we, uh, we'll have to deal with that a little later. Hey, another... We'll deal with that in another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. yeah. So for our, for our listeners, let's just, Father David, will you lead us in a prayer, praying maybe for whoever is listening to this who is suffering that they'd be able to experience the unite their sufferings to the Lord and experience the transforming power. I'd be glad to, you know, so together we place ourselves in relationship and union with one another and in the, the Lordship of Jesus crucified father, we bring in union with your son, Jesus, we bring our human sufferings and our struggles, no matter how small or no matter how great, and Father, we want to come to be able to abide in your heart and abide with you in a special way in union with Jesus. And so we pray that you give us the grace through the Spirit to, to taste the sweetness of the suffering we go through that is transforming and makes us new, a new person, a new man and woman in Christ, and enables us to embrace the principles of the gospel that lead us into a deeper union with you. Father, we are your children. We uh, we men and women are your children. We belong to you. And when we, we know that you have chosen us. We know that we belong to you and we have value in your eyes and you pour out your tender love and mercy and the, and the, the, the father and the prodigal story, the prodigal son, the father rushed down to, to put his arms around the son and to bring him back into the household and into the faith. And Father, we just pray that you would deepen our love for Jesus and deepen our life in the spirit and deepen our feeling that we are your children. We are your children. And God, you are our father Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit are one, and we come to you with great affection and intimacy, hope and joy, and a much deeper and deeper faith as we celebrate in these next days the coming of your salvation into our lives. And we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Our listeners know you remain in our our prayers daily. May the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.